This is the Hour of Power with Ben and Courtney. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to wherever you are listening to this session. We are coming to you today from Redding, North California, the home of small town but big people, two of which are Ben and Courtney. G'day. Hello. Recently, we have had discussions around power and powerful people. Today, we're going to dive in and talk about powerful people and what makes people pillars of strength in their communities. Yes, so one tool in a powerful person's tool belt that they use consistently is confrontation. It's a naughty word. (laughs) (laughs) Confrontation brings up different emotions and pictures in people's minds, but what what is confrontation and what does it involve? Well, when we think of confrontation, I think it brings up the picture in people's minds of it's messy or it's going to have a painful consequence or it's antagonizing or there could be a fight or division. I don't believe this really describes confrontation. Um, It may come up during a confrontation, but that's not the goal or the definition of confrontation. And I don't think it has to be exactly how we perceive it to be. I think we can have healthy confrontation and I think that we can use that and leverage it in our daily life to really get successful outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's about also setting the goal. Like, what are you trying to actually achieve in confronting someone about something? Um, and if the goal is connection and the goal is actually to increase relationship, better one another and be progressing forward and... Um, yeah, then it's going to completely change how we see that, how you perceive that, how you react to that as well. Um, it does take a lot of vulnerability. Um, and it t- Obviously, there is risk involved because you're being open and you're going to be sharing and we're sharing things that are intimate and things that will sometimes can spark or can stir up stuff within people. Yeah. But we believe the payout and the willingness to actually engage in that space and use the tool of confrontation, I think it will change your life because it definitely has changed ours and it's raised the quality of our life. And it will also, the more you do it, the more it actually equips you to step into any situation and be able to contribute and engage in that space as opposed to living as a victim and avoiding situations and circumstances. Yeah, so I'll give you a picture Life is like a gladiator arena, and when you go in with a sword and shield, you're not left defenceless and squishy and available while everyone is hacking at each other. Not to harm anyone, but to influence in the arena of chaos. So without confrontation, our lives our lives tend to erode. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great picture right there. You know, we do want to have our sword and our shield to be able to defend. Um, again, not to hack at people, but to be able to engage in life and and that gladiator arena picture, I think is a great depiction of it. And I also do believe that um, culture, it kind of dictates to us that in disagreeing with somebody or contradicting someone, that it's perceived as rude or wrong. And it's especially when you don't know that person well and contradicting them is kind of breaking a social etiquette we currently live in. But I believe that um, in not confronting and avoiding, we're actually aligning ourselves with disempowerment. I'd call that probably like a spirit of disempowerment 
as we choose to surrender our voice and take up our version of pretending or conforming and basically kind of patting people on the back and being inauthentic. And I think the overarching problem with that is that there is no power in it. I think it's worthless and we're trading kind of all this worthlessness in our relationships, our priorities and our values. So, Courtney, what would you say is the heart or goal of confrontation? Could you give me some clarity on that? That's a great question. Uh, Basically, to remain clear and we will always have sensitivity to the truth. So I think when we're confronting, again, confrontation in the healthy sense, when we're engaging in dialogue with people or dialogue even within ourselves, confrontation starts with yourself and acknowledging what we're feeling, acknowledging kind of conversations that we're having within our own body and our own minds and acknowledging what is true and not true. We come to a sense of clarity where we can assess other people, assess situations, um, and then we can able to see them with truth and also desire to have the truth out of situations as well. So I think that probably best sums that up. Yeah, um, another, I guess, I guess you've also got to lay the groundwork for, like, you don't confront people that you don't know or that aren't in your sort of social pool. So, like, there's an understanding that it's within friends and family and people you're connected to. Um, just so that people, have, yeah, we've got a framework of what we're working within. You're not just going around and policing people and you're not trying to just address every every Joe Blow on Facebook or social media or someone puts a comment out, you know, there's got to be um, an understanding that there's control and ownership on both parties so you can bring forward what you can in terms of, you know, things that you seem you think that you need to address, whether it's someone's hurt you or there's something that someone's your friend's doing that's not, like, frustrating. Um, maybe an example of that is say you're always buying or shouting your friend a meal um, and you just feel that they're not necessarily uh, appreciative or taking ownership or that it's working in a sort of a one-way street. It's not coming both ways. There's not a sort of a give and a take and an ebb and a flow to that relationship. You've got to understand, obviously, you can, with the goal being connection, you can have just a plain conversation around that and address that with that person and building and establishing trust, saying that, hey, I'm as your friend and as there are standards and how we want to do relationship and we want to better one another, this is how I'm feeling and I'm not meaning to do this in a way that's, hey, bringing up your faults, but, um, but with that in mind, I think then you also understand that there's an ownership on how they respond. So as long as you're bringing the table what you can and you're trying to do that in a way where you're seeking connection, there still is an ownership on them and how they respond. Whether it is, "Hey, I'm going to keep, pro- I'm going to, I'm going to confront this and deal with this and keep progressing in this relationship," or they can choose not to. But um, yeah, so I think it's important to understand what's within your control. Your capacity is really just yourself, and making sure you're taking ownership of what you're bringing, bringing to the table. Hmm. Yeah, I think confrontation also opposes false beliefs that we have within ourselves and false beliefs that we have about other people and the world. And holding open dialogue and remaining curious. I think that really sums up curious curiosity into what we're believing about other people, what we're believing about ourselves, about situations. 
And my first kind of rule, I think, going into any dialogue with somebody or dialogue within myself even, is to hold what I'm believing with an open hand. I think when we desire to be right over being curious and pursuing an understanding to evaluate an outcome that basically works for all parties involved in the situation, I really think that creates more of a wall that nobody can really break through. So being right is not as important as my connection with my husband or a friend or my workplace colleagues. And I think the consequences of always wanting to be right can actually seclude you almost because not everybody's going to agree with what I have to say. Not everybody's going to agree with what I believe, but I'm going to be curious as to understanding, say, what Ben or Kobe or what my friends have to say and believe. And yeah, just holding that with an open hand. Yeah. I think we've all fallen into that trap before. I can even think of uh, examples within Courtney and my, our, our lives where, where I've been in the right or she's probably done the same where she's been in the right, but in particular you hold on to that and you can build up a whole narrative in your mind around like, no, I've, I've come and I've, maybe it's like something is, it's just as simple as say doing the dishes or like there's a misunderstanding around cleaning or something that is, you know maybe your partner has perceived you haven't done you have and you can come and approach that in a situation of like no I am right and you you're already pincering them against the wall so to speak and and coming in in sort of like a predatory manner so and as soon as you recognize that and I recognize that in that situation I realize hold on a minute I'm actually I'm, a, I'm in the completely wrong standing here I'm coming at this from the wrong way and I'm not even seeking to understand where's where Courtney's at and why she's thought what she has thought so, yeah, so that's a really, really important point. Mm. I think another second guideline I'd probably use in any confrontation would be honouring someone. Yeah. Um, we all believe that we're made in the image of God, and because of this, we are all due honour. And in the spirit realm as well, honour is assigned to everyone. Every person who's made in the image of God, they're all assigned honour. And no human being is unworthy of honour. Um, the nature of the spirit realm has also assigned that value because of the image of our own creator. So if you lack honour in your approach to someone else, you're working against yourself. And we kind of talk about sowing and reaping, you know. So what I'd mainly ask myself in a confrontation or going into a dialogue with someone is the spirit of honour influencing my motive in the situation with somebody and are my words laced with honour. So I believe that you can speak truth, but it has to honour that person as well, um, not trying to tear them down or tear into their character or shift blame as well. So, And that would also lead into um, control. I think when we go into confrontational situations, it can be sometimes nervous. I think of examples, you know, if you need to talk to your employer about situations at work, um, things that you are not happy with, um, I think that there's a tendency to want to control the outcome almost or control their reaction even. We all have that desire to be in control, but every human being I think is owed honour and love. And if they don't act or think that they want this, they're still designed for it. So when people are wired for love, the biggest violation to that is controlling them and controlling their actions and outcomes. So. Yeah, I don't think there is any perfect way of saying something on how you're feeling, but I always live by this truth. It's better to misspeak than to not speak at all 
because in speaking you learn something, but in not speaking you won't learn anything. Mm. So try not to put too much pressure on yourself. I know I don't in what to say in a situation. I always try and slow down, think about not just how I feel, but how I can communicate my position in the best way with honour, love and respect for that person and then see what happens and how they engage from in that process. Yeah, yeah I guess that also ties in probably to an even bigger subject, but whenever I think of, I guess, honouring people, value system, that's also very central to identity. So what a lot of what Courtney and I believe, in particular about God and finding identity, finding your value system, um, and that process and that journey, that will really benefit, obviously, any way that you do confrontation, especially when it comes to control and what's outside your realm of control and what's within your realm of control. But, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're moving in a healthy space where your value system is aligned with how God sees you and you know that you're valued and you're secure, security being a big thing, then I think you're best positioned to actually communicate in a way where you're going to work things out and see people as you are valued if... if you know, everyone's valued the same, all people are worthy of honour, then um, I think naturally it sort of flows from that space of identity and love. Yeah. Guys, thank you for sharing today. All you listeners, I hope that you stay tuned for next session. We will be speaking about real-life situations and examples of confrontation.